Hello, language enthusiasts, and welcome to The Language Worker, a space to talk about the people involved in the language business in a broad sense. I'm interested in finding out how their training, work experience, and their passion for languages has shaped our guests' professional and, of course, personal lives. Join me on this journey to explore the multiple and unpredictable paths one can follow when we are involved in the magical world of languages. Jane Eggers is a freelance translator working with German and English. She is a real expert in the IT field and Germany is the place she calls home. So today I'm here with Jane Eggers. Is this the way you spell it? I hope so. I'll ask you in a minute to do it again to see if it comes out perfectly <laughs> fine. And she's a freelance translator and she has been a translator for quite a while. And we're going to know a little bit about her background and how she got to where she is today. So if you could just briefly introduce yourself and say your last name, please, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, Rita. Um, I'm Jane Eggers. And um, was that good? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you tell <that>. me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm, as you said, a freelance translator. Um, originally British. Well, I'm still British, <laughs> but um, I live in Germany. I also have German citizenship now. That's why I'm saying that um, mm. but, uh, was, was born in mm -hmm. Britain. Um, yeah, and I live near Heidelberg in South Germany. Uh, yeah, what do you want to know? <laughs> so let's start at the very beginning, not the very beginning, <laughs> but when you actually went to college and decided that you were going to study translation, was this planned or was it an accident? <laughs> it was It was kind of an accident. I never really knew what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, and, you know, people always ask you when you're a kid, what are you going to do when you grow up? And I was like, always, oh, I don't know. And my parents were pretty good. They just said, you know, do what you love and don't worry too much. You don't have to know when you're 10 what you're going to mm, do when you're twenty-five. So they were cool. Um, so I just took the next step. You know, I was good at languages at school. So I kind of wanted to do that. And I really, really loved the French language. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And I found German difficult. <laughs> and it's partly to do I wonder with, why. Yeah, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> But it's, I think a lot is just to do with the teaching that you have and the materials, you know, the um, somehow the materials we had for German back then were really kind of old fashioned. Mm -hmm. um, they were from the 60s. Uh, you know, I was at school in the 80s. So even, even then, that was quite a long, quite old mm -hmm. stuff. And um, yeah, I remember the, the girl in my German textbook, she got a fur hat for Christmas, for example. <laughs> and we were all like, what? What? <laughs> Who gets so far? So that was the German, but in the French lessons, the teacher was kind of more modern and she would go to France and bring magazines back for us. Oh. So like real material that we could use and we just found that much more interesting. And I think that probably had a big role. It just made French seem a lot cooler mm -hmm. and it made it seem easier. So so I really loved French. So then I thought, okay, what am I going to study? I'm definitely going to study French and I'm going to leave German because it's just too hard. Um so I studied French. I went to uh, Strasbourg for mm -hmm. a year in the middle of that. Um, I did my year abroad in Strasbourg and, and kind of thought, well, maybe at the end I'll go back to France or something. And then I fell in love with the German guy. <laughs> oh, that's how it happened. That's how it happened. So like, okay. <laughs> things easier, let's say. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Um, so then, of course, all I wanted to do was go to Germany. <laughs> that was my huge career plan at the time. 
um, which wasn't too bad having done German at school as it happened. And um, so I came over for one year as an au pair, mm -hmm. uh, which was brilliant. I really learned a lot. I had a lovely family and it was I was very lucky. And yeah, and I'm still here, basically. <laughs> yeah, I thought you had fallen in love, stayed there, went back, and then you were now there again. But like, in no, I stayed. Days, that's I what I thought. Ah, I stayed. But you've yeah. been there for a little bit of time. In that yeah, case. I came over in 1996. 1995, oh. 1995 originally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So I kind of I got stuck here. <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah. And I was yeah. thinking that you were still in the UK and, and scheduling meetings for wrong time zones and things, but you have been there for a long time. I've okay. been here forever. Yeah. I've been here for more than half my life now. Okay. Well, and, well. <laughs> yeah, it feels good though. It feels good. Um, yeah. So then I had to work my way up because being in Germany with a degree in French mm. doesn't really open many doors for you. Um, it's particularly here in Germany, you're you need to have the right qualification for the thing that you want to do. Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you come with French, they say, well, what, what do you, what can you do with that? Are you a French teacher? Mm -hmm. I was like, no, but I'm a graduate. I have skills, you know, but they'd be like, yeah, but French. <laughs> so um, in the end I was able to get, uh, well, at the very beginning I worked a, um, as a temp in a company and they sent me to different places. And then I got a longer um, stint at one particular company. And then I was able to work at the university like as you mentioned, that was in in Göttingen, further up in the in the middle of Germany, mm -hmm. um, and I was like a bilingual secretary there for oh, a university wow. department. So then my uh, my actual skills came into play. So, but you were bilingual as in French and English, or you were bilingual German and English. German English. So no I had French. enough German by then to manage. <laughs> right. um, I had I already knew how to type, and and they taught me to do to use the um, they had this dictation thing. That you had to do with pedals you had to listen to the uh to what he dictated on tape and then kind of you could go back and forth to so i could type it up right i don't know what you call that you know mm, <laughs> dictation <maybe>. pedal thing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that was you know it was fine i think the main thing was the guy i worked for wanted to have some um, somebody who was a native english speaker who could yeah. check his speeches and presentations because ah. he was doing international work and it was really useful to him to have somebody like me who who could do who could polish his text. Mm -hmm. So that worked out really well for both of us, actually. And oh, um, so you were happy. <laughs> I was happy. Yeah, it was nice. It was very nice. And um, during that time, I did some um, distance learning and got a first of all, a German qualification and then a translation qualification for German to English as well. So I actually got my bits of paper. Uh, as I was going along so if, you <laughs> knew that they were going to ask for them <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were otherwise I wasn't going to get any further um, so when did you end up at SAP because I I saw it in your in your profile <laughs> right that's right <laughs> yeah um, I started at SAP at the end of 1999 hmm. so um yeah my well, we weren't married then, but my husband, my now husband and I, were, he was finishing his studies and we both started looking for jobs. And um, as it happened, SAP was the one place in the whole of Germany that was looking for IT people and translators <laughs> at the same ah, time. You worked as a translator. Yes, I was an in-house translator. Oh, wow. For SAP. That's a whole so. other <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we both moved down there. That's uh, um, here near Heidelberg. We're still in that area um 
that was amazing. I learned a lot. I mean, I'm very lucky to have had an in-house position because not all translators have that. There aren't that many. Mm. I guess uh, most of the translators that I know, especially until now, because I feel now there's a little bit of a change, but we'll think about that a bit later. But yeah. I guess there's a little bit of a change, but it, it used to be that the, the only option would be for you to be an in, in-house at a translation company, right? And in your case, it was a totally different experience. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it was a big software company. And I think when I started, it's not the same now, but when I started, I think there were about 100 of us native speaker translators, so Brits and Americans. Really? For, for this company? Yeah. Wow. It's so they, they didn't send their materials away to translation companies or they did that too and you guys received it and did some sort of QA, QC, that kind of thing? When I was working there, or when I first started there, at least, of the all the German to English translation and the English to German was in-house. Mm. And they used agencies for the other languages. Mm. So there are some languages that were translated out of German and mm. some where they took English as the source language. So they used our translations and then translated out of that. But that was all agency-based. And mm. um, I think things are changing. Um, and I'm not quite sure what the status is now. But uh, yeah, there were a lot of us in-house. So that felt really nice to have lots of colleagues around to learn from. Wow, that's insane. Just yeah. then you didn't think of, you know, being, since you were already an in-house translator, <laughs> didn't you think about going to a um, translation company to be an in-house or work at some other um, roles, project management? That never crossed your mind? No, not really. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know. I just... I really, really want, I mean, I enjoyed my job for while I was there. And at some mm. point I just felt I needed to do something different, but I really liked the idea of working for myself and running mm. the own, my own business. The funny thing was when um, I first went to SAP, like I said, my husband and I were both looking for jobs at the same time. And I always thought, well, if he gets the job first, I'll be able to freelance if necessary. Mm. It would have been easier for me as a linguist mm. than for him probably. Um, and so when I then got the, the in-house job, a part of me thought, ah, oh, it's a shame I can't freelance now. <laughs> and although I was really happy to get the job and, in, in, you know, it was a good good move looking back because I learned so much. But there was a part of me that thought, oh, that's a, that's a little bit disappointing that I don't get to try that out. Mm. So all those years later, I was able to sort of indulge that. And, um, and then one day you were like, oh, I love my job. This is perfect. This is great. However, I really, really want to do something on my own. Yeah. How, it, how did that come about? Yeah, it went back and forth for a bit. I mean, for a start, um, they were beginning to develop more and more of the software in English to start with. Mm. So they needed less work from us. So the work for me was more um, correcting other people's English mm -hmm. rather than translating things. So there was less and less actual translation to do, right. which is a little bit frustrating if that's all you're doing. Um, and just in general, you're... Um, as a translator in that situation, you're a very, very small cog in a huge mm -hmm. machine. I mean, there were a lot of excellent things about it, but that is, I found that difficult to be a really tiny part. And mm -hmm. um, it's hard to point to something and say, I did that and be proud of it because it's just such a tiny thing. And it's um, like a joint venture of many people. Yeah, you don't have much say in anything. Mm -hmm. Um so then the adventure starts. You just leave. Yeah. What do you do? Is it immediate that you start your own company? Did you start as a freelancer and then had a proper company? You never had a company and you're still independent. 
how is it yeah I'm, I mean I'm still a freelancer I don't oh. I mean it is a company as such but it's a freelance company I mean it's not I don't know where you draw the boundaries really <laughs> I mean yeah I have my company name what I mean is when you talk about your business is it a company that is called your name but you're just a part of it or are you 100% the person who deals with everything I'm 100% the person that deals with everyone and I really like that um mm -hmm. I mean it's like being a crafts crafts person I can't say it <laughs> crafts person right. um you, uh, you know you're I feel like I'm pursuing my craft and it's hard to kind of outsource that to people hmm. so, so even even the admin and all of that stuff so you do it all yeah the moment I, I mean I have somebody to do my website that's a whole other story that's a whole other thing so there's things individual things like that that I have done uh -huh. I have somebody to do my website updates on a monthly basis so I do that and I have my tax guy like a lot of people do uh -huh. you know, but, but mainly I do it myself and I kind of enjoy that as well just having tabs on it and it's exciting to do the accounting stuff and see when it's for yourself <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you mean I, I enjoy it too people say oh yeah the admin is killing me blah blah but I love those invoices if if I'm yeah. you know taking care of invoices it's because I have some <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool I mean it's I kind of enjoy that and I have my um my accounting program so I can see like the graph of the year mm -hmm. how it's going up and down and it's just ah, you're already a pro <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it was important to me, even at the beginning, to set it up as a proper company, even if mm. I was very, very small and not earning very much at the time. So I had my accounting program. I set myself up so I would be paying VAT, mm -hmm. although I didn't have to at the beginning, mm. things like that, just to make it kind of firm and solid and to take it seriously. I have a separate bank account from the beginning for my yeah. business and all that yeah. kind of thing. Totally makes sense. So yeah. what was the first step? <laughs> that you took out of the being a, an in-house um, worker and then <laughs> becoming independent. What happens? It's like one day you step out of the house and you're no longer going to the company. So what happens? <laughs> um, well, the first thing was that I signed up with a bunch of agencies, mm -hmm. translation agencies, and that's worked out well. Mm -hmm. Coming from an IT background, there was that was in demand at that time. That wasn't too bad, you know? Mm -hmm. Um so that got me going. Also, I think a, like a week after I started, just randomly, a friend of mine was in touch and she said, oh, hi, what are you up to? And I said, oh, I've just gone freelance as a translator. And she said, oh, that's amazing. I'm writing a book and I need a translation of the first part. All right. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, um, she only wanted it. It was like a couple of chapters that she was submitting to um, publishing houses. Mm -hmm. But that was a lovely thing to work on for me. And um, it was quite a big assignment right at the beginning. So there was that, which was luck. But the um, yeah, the translation agencies, they, they worked pretty well for a while. And, for a uh, while <laughs> uh, for a while that's the going into the next chapter yeah after I mean in parallel with that I was building up my Facebook page mm -hmm. and um doing lots of sort of outreach in business groups and stuff on there and yeah getting a lot of work as well so I was doing my marketing and then getting people coming in from that side mm -hmm. um and I realized that you <laughs> to put it crassly that you can earn more money um with direct clients than you can from agencies yes <laughs> which is not you know it's not a surprise to anybody but um and I just and it was more fun and they were often more flexible mm -hmm. and, and I you just had more control over the whole you have more control sure. and I really liked that kind of working as partners 
Mm-hmm. And you can talk to the person who's written the text in a lot of cases and say, what oh. did you mean by this? And, you know, how can we put this better? So I really liked that sort of one to one thing, mm-hmm. which you don't get so much with an agency. Um, right. So at some point I was since I was doing all my my marketing anyway, it didn't really make sense to be working for the agencies because I didn't get so much benefit from them. Mm hmm because the benefit of an agency is that they're doing the marketing, right? So then you can take yep. a bit of this money. Mm-hmm. But if you're already doing the marketing, it just felt wrong. And it, and it also felt wrong having to turn down, potentially turn down direct clients because I had agency work. Mm-hmm. So I was turning down the th- stuff that I might have found more fun. Yeah. So, so gradually I just did less and less of the agency stuff. Now I don't mm-hmm. work with agencies anymore. Oh, you don't. So did you work with big agencies or you, you would prefer what they call boutique I didn't really care at the time I mean I've, yeah I I phoned them up before I signed up for them I think mm. this is really important actually a lot of the agencies before I went through and jumped through all the hoops on the um, websites I always phoned them up and said look this is this is my kind of price are we in the same ballpark and is it worth mm-hmm. me applying or and they were really open sometimes they would just say well I think you're just going to be too expensive for us and sometimes they would say yeah we can do that you know reply so that was really good. Um, I can't remember what, I, <laughs> what my thread was now, but um, yeah. So just I was just asking you about the size of the companies. Oh, uh, the sizes then... of them, yeah. So no, it wasn't based on the size. It was based on that reaction on the phone. And if I, <laughs> you know, if I got a good response and it felt nice, I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I like to follow my heart on those things. If, if it felt like a good conversation and the money was mm-hmm. kind of more or less in the same ballpark that we could negotiate and get to an agreement. Yeah, then true. Know, Otherwise and then your direct clients, are they in Germany? Are they anywhere? Do you have a preference? Do you have, well, not a preference, but is there a, a, stati- a statistical <laughs> piece of information about that? Oh, yeah. The vast majority are in Germany. Mm-hmm. And then I have some in Austria and some in Switzerland. Mm. So it's all um, German-speaking areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way it's worked out, really. But it's also to do with being here because it's easier to reach out to people. Mm-hmm. And you yeah I don't know you come across people people from my network people ex-colleagues or whoever if you get recommended by somebody it's just my life is based here so it tends Mm -hmm. to be but that suits me I mean it's nice do you ever go there or is it always a more of a remote connection (laughs) yeah yeah, it's always remote some of them I haven't even spoken to on the phone (laughs) you don't work on site in in their companies no I've never done that no I could technically, but <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I did for a long time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now one of my big, one yeah. of my big clients, sorry, has, has just moved to Heidelberg to new premises. So um, they did say I could go and visit soon. So I think I might actually because it's really just up the road. <laughs> but that would just be to say hi and have a coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, not to work there, but it's it's actually very interesting. I mean, I I did that for for good years right and i really found it rewarding because you get to know the company so well and everybody who works there but i do understand yeah. that in the majority of cases i mean why would you do that unless they're like uh top secret some of the projects i worked on were top secret that's oh, yeah yeah be there on site well if so, it came up I, I don't think i'd i would think about it if somebody suggested that but it's never come up and uh yeah i guess it's not an i've never heard of an european translator who goes to the company's premises i've never heard of that so no no <laughs> yeah, california thing only yeah yeah and when i first they started still do it they still do it wow <laughs> yeah why not i still get requests to go places that I, i'm not gonna go <laughs> <Just because laughs> of that. Well, yeah. when i first started um 
freelancing my kids were still fairly young anyway so it would have been tricky to actually go somewhere else it was very convenient to be at home so that yeah I bet yeah, yeah. But, so um, you have always worked with I guess IT as your main subject right but what other things do you do but I guess what I want to say is because IT has so many applications that I suppose you work in a wide variety of of areas right it's just that you prefer uh the part that it's more related to ui and all of that thing or how's that yeah it, it depends it can be ui stuff it can be documentation i can enjoy mm. that and sometimes especially if i get access to the back end as well when i can really like check things and and see how things are going to work or if i have a test user mm -hmm. i can enjoy documentation it's nice to have a variety yeah um, is it like uh, there's a, an area that uh, apart from the it let's call it the big the big picture and then like in a in a more of a micro scale what is it is it I saw that you do healthcare a lot, for example. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of healthcare IT recently, which is really interesting because it's oh. about digitalizing the healthcare system, which in mm -hmm. Germany is it's kind of getting there. It's a bit, a bit slow, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff going on with that, you know, and um, hopefully we're going to get our digital health cards and, and, and mm -hmm. things. Um, so, yeah, that I've been doing that. And that's kind of similar to the business IT kind of things I was doing at SAP. Mm -hmm. it's just a more specific so it's not actual medical translation there's yep. a difference it's health but it's software for the medical mm -hmm. you know for the uh, healthcare system so that, that's nice um a lot of general digitalization i have clients who are offering digitalization services to help other companies become digitalized mm -hmm. so i'll do the websites for them or white papers about their products and that, that sort of thing hmm. yeah. That's my kind of thing too. <laughs> to I like it. It's nice. It's... I definitely love that type of content. Of course, my yeah, background yeah. is also full of that stuff, and that that yeah. was always very good. Yeah, yeah, so I, I do understand. So, what is the typical day in the life of Jane Eggers? <laughs> <laughs> the professional life of Jane Eggers, because then you have a lot of a lot of other things that you like doing. I saw a carousel, a carousel, carousel. I never say how, I, I never know how to say this word. Uh, carousel, carousel, right? Yeah. Uh, post. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned two things. One is not very intriguing, I have to say, because you said you enjoy walks in nature. Oh but yeah, the that's one. However, <laughs> I think everyone does probably, but <laughs> <laughs> right. So the other one is that you enjoy writing songs. I do. I love that. Uh, I've been I'm doing this. This is a bit funny, really. But I mean, I've been doing this um, songwriting challenge once a year for the last 10, 11 years, maybe. Is it a challenge with yourself or is it? No, it's, um, other people? <laughs> it's a big online community. Um, oh. It's called Form, F-A-W-M, which stands for February Album Writing Month. And so the idea is in the month of February, you have to write uh, 14 songs in 28 days or 29 days if, you know, in the elite yeah, year. Yeah, February, depending um, on February. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is to get your creativity going because you have to just keep going. You can't think about, oh, I'm going to write a master da, 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 because you're not going to get finished. Right. The goal is to just keep trying and maybe clear out some of the rubbishy stuff so that you can get to the really cool stuff that's underneath. <laughs> and I really love it. People come from all over the world and log into this, um, to the platform. And some of them are really amazing musicians and they'll do full demos and post them. And it's almost sounds professional, you know, mm -hmm. and I tend to concentrate more on the lyrics 
because they're like words <laughs> <laughs> but I will sing it in because I think it's more interesting if I have a melody that's kind of in my head I'll probably do a, a very basic a cappella recording so people can hear it and oh, then we wow. go in and comment on each other's songs and it's just really really supportive um it's just a lovely community you know um, Ooh, I love it it's just brilliant you know there's even um this function called the the zong function and a zong is a song that doesn't that has been posted but doesn't yet have any comments mm -hmm. so you can specifically search for somebody who's posted a song but hasn't had any comments yet and you can support them and i just think that's lovely i think we always think that with a, with a z or is that because it's because of the z, 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 z sleeping oh <laughs> maybe maybe that's why i don't know why <laughs> my, in my mind i'm like trying hard to figure yeah. out why it would be a zone it's got to fit a pattern yeah <laughs> it might be because of that i'll have to ask them. but i just think that that's kind of indicative of the the supportive nature of it that you can oh, actually wow. seek out people that and everyone tries tries to say something positive you know we're not trying to really critique each other's stuff unless you specifically ask to be critiqued mm -hmm. but usually it's just saying oh this is great well done i love you know you can find something nice to say about it but and is, it gets, there, is there a subject every day or is it just freestyle every day you can do whatever you like hmm. but they do post a lot of prompts there is a daily prompt just to hmm. get you thinking of something and then there are a lot of i guess I lost you. Ah, there you go oh. i lost you for one second but you're back, <laughs> back? <laughs> okay <laughs> like there's this um one that I like are called the story cube challenge. So I don't know if you know the little cubes that it's a children's game, really. They're the, like dice and mm -hmm. they have different pictures on and you right. roll. I yeah. think there are nine of them and you roll them. And then using the different pictures, you can make a story with mm -hmm. your children. It's really nice. And some people use that as a songwriting prompt. Mm. So you look at the, these pictures that you get and then you try and use all of those words in a song. So that works really well for me because it's um it takes it away from trying to be creative and into a puzzle so right. it, my brain then concentrates on the puzzle okay i've got these words i keep banging my microphone um got these words i have to put them in to some kind of rhyming thing that sounds like a song and then sometimes it kind of clicks through and does become creative because your mind's a little bit focused to the side Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I... Yeah, it does. Just because I, I know that from a transcreation uh, point of view, right? Because I, I, I do have a song <laughs> that is in the movie out there. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was asked to do... It's an animation movie. I was asked to create two songs, well, to transcreate two songs, right? In yeah. Portuguese. And then one of them actually was the, was the chosen one. The other one was not. Uh, but of course, I have no rights to those uh songs of course because you have to sell your rights to the yeah yeah company but i actually love it and because i'm a huge madonna fan i don't know if you can tell but <laughs> <I> can. <laughs> so my whole life my brother and i have created you know versions of madonna songs in portuguese so i understand oh, the about the puzzle because it's not like i'm creating something but we're trying to get the content as much as we can and still make it into a plausible portuguese song so <laughs> right yeah 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 okay there you go yeah i absolutely love it so i was very excited <laughs> when i read that you were involved in such a thing but then what happens to the songs well usually <laughs> they just sit there <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I, I do post them throughout february on the in the on the platform the song mm -hmm. the, the challenge platform 
and you know I get nice comments and good feedback and I think oh that's lovely and um <laughs> and then they go in a folder and I always every year I think okay once form once February is finished I'll polish those songs and I'll work on them and then I just don't and then the, the year goes by and then okay it's February again I'm gonna write more <laughs> songs <laughs> because so you're quite busy with other things and I'll go back to the original question because I was the one who was asking the question and all of a sudden thought about the <laughs> songwriting activity and forgot all about everything because I love it so much I got so excited so what's the typical day <laughs> outside February because now we know that in February it's a little bit different about the, that question <laughs> <laughs> so what about the rest of for example March <laughs> oh <laughs> Well, that's that's different again. You wake well, up in the morning and you go to your working station or, or area, and then what happens? Or you um, exercise first, or what do you do? I don't exercise first. I have phases where well, exercise... you walk first. Let's say that, for example. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I tend to go straight. To, I mean, I get the kids out of the house, and okay. then um, and then I'll like get my coffee and my breakfast probably after that, and then mm -hmm. slowly meander down to my office, and yeah go on LinkedIn first of all and see what's happening and check my mails and yeah I tend to do that to ease into it like mm -hmm. my social media and kind of commenting on a few people's things that's a really big part yeah, somewhere. I'm the same I get it right yeah the whole network <laughs> thing it's it feels like a nice way to start but at some point I have to kind of be strict with myself and turn it off <laughs> otherwise yeah. you could really just network all day um, oh, yeah. <laughs> quite easily but um that's not really the point <laughs> So, yeah. So you go through your emails after that and then you do a bit of work. So do you do like a massive amount of hours each day or you already figured out a way to make everything work in more of a harmonious way? Yeah, it's more harmonious. I don't do, I do maybe six hours a day on in general, I guess. Mm -hmm. It depends. I mean, uh, and a lot of the time I'm thinking about stuff and not necessarily sitting at my desk. Well, mm -hmm. not a lot of the time, but there is that, you know, it's always present anyway. Yep. But yeah, probably six. I mean, it's not a full 40 hour week, which mm -hmm. is great. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then some of that is content creation or I might write a blog post or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think probably paid work. I probably do about four hours a day mm -hmm. on, on average, but then it depends. I mean, there can be times when I just have to really power through the whole time to get something done. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And you also need time for other things because I've been watching a few videos that you have been doing. How about those? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been working on that this year and um, I, I joined a, a membership group called the Espresso Plus group, which I really, really love. Um, it's a paid thing, um, but I get a lot of support from that. And they've encouraged us, or the, the man who runs it, John Esperian, has encouraged uh -huh. oh, us yeah, to I've do... Oh, yeah, i heard about him. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. He's brilliant um his tagline is the relentlessly helpful linkedin nerd oh. <laughs> and he really really is relentlessly helpful <laughs> so anyway he he likes encouraging people to do videos so i've become a bit braver with doing that and um i often try to do them a bit more um client facing lately yeah. i've been doing them a little bit more towards fun stuff like singing songs and things that's what i saw <laughs> yeah, yeah i thought you might be referring to that <laughs> um i don't know i think it's it's important to do what's fun to you i feel like i'm kind of growing with that and becoming braver if i can share a ukulele song on linkedin mm. i think that's kind of cool <laughs> it's something i probably wouldn't have dared to do a year ago uh -huh. so it feels nice 
But um, but if you go back a bit, I've also got videos that are talking to my clients and telling them how I work and um, you know that kind of thing. So uh, so I have my videos where I do my um, like my two Janes, one English Jane and one um, German Jane with a, a different scarf on. <laughs> and uh, I don't. So you talk about language differences, right? Uh, sometimes I talk about language differences, or I talk about um, what do I talk about? I did one on my pricing, and I did mm -hmm. one on um, different benefits that I have for the client, or my translation process, the steps that I go through. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there are different things. I have a list of ones that I can work on <laughs> some more topics because <laughs> I usually try to take five things that that that, that and then have that kind of format. Um, mm -hmm. So it doesn't get too much because I think you don't want to have a really, really long video and I can't talk for hours on it. And well, yeah, it probably doesn't seem that like, like that right now because I am talking a lot. But um, yeah, I try and keep my videos quite short and concise and I have my five points and then, yeah, hopefully um, some clients may see those as well. And uh, sure they have. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Well, I think... Um, I, I mean, most of my network consists of translators on LinkedIn, I think. And yeah. um, but I do think if somebody recommends me to a client and then they come to LinkedIn to look and see what I'm doing, then they might come across them. They might not find me by chance on LinkedIn. <laughs> but I think if they know about me and then they want to kind of see what I've been doing, then mm. it could be helpful to have that content there. Yeah, so. I totally agree. I think that, you know, you have to be the way you are. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and do exactly as you think you should because i mean what else are you going to do because you're exactly. yourself and that is your greatest advantage it's just to be yourself <laughs> oh yeah totally i can't do anything else so and it's just yeah. uh, trying to be more of myself and not worry about it so much and uh yeah and i mean i don't know it's all a process isn't it and it's, it's oh, yeah. part of growing up <laughs> yes well thank you so much for giving us an overview of your the world of Jane. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> yes, I think it's, I always say this, it's very important to me and hopefully for the people out there that we know what we do in the community as people who work in the language business, what we do, what interests us, how we have some fun with our job, how we can be creative and at the same time informative and all of that. So that's really the the goal of these conversations. And that's why I thought you, you were going to be a great guest to be on the podcast. And so thank you so much, Jane. Huh? And I'll be following your work videos. And maybe you will give me one of these days access to your songs. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I will. Maybe I will. I'm now a bit curious. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to to know more more about that and actually look at some songs and maybe who knows. Yeah, it would be great to <laughs> talk about inspired. it offline. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Thanks okay. so much. <laughs> thank you so much. So thank you and it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.